Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists. listening to I Love You Too Much, the latest release from singer-songwriter-musician Mikaelin Hay, who also just happens to be our very special guest this week. My name is Stuart McKee, and this is Musicians FAQ. Our guest this week is a singer, songwriter, and musician who has collaborated with multiple artists, won several awards, and she has an incredible voice that has been described as both timeless and haunting. She has released multiple tracks of original and catchy songs, as well as many great interpretations of song covers. All this, and she's not even 20 years old yet. Please welcome to the show, McKaylin Hay. Hello, I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you. We're excited to have you. So we'll just jump right into things. I like to kind of go right back to the beginning and uh, sort of find out a little bit about you directly. So where were you born? I was born up north in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Um, we moved around quite a bit when I was like a younger kid. So I lived 
uh, in Turks and Caicos in Sudbury um, for a couple, like, a, now that I think about it, kind of a long time. I think we lived in Sudbury for like five, six or seven years. And then I moved to Guelph where I currently live, but I'm attending school in London, Ontario. Wow. it's a lot of traveling. I find there seems to be a, a consistent thread there with a lot of songwriters, particularly where they travel a lot. I traveled a lot as a kid as well. Um, so I don't know if that, you know, lends to the angst or the creative juices or what it is exactly. So, so how was, I mean, how was your childhood and was it an enjoyable childhood? Yeah, I had a great childhood. I mean, I have a very supportive family and kind of going off what you just said about how traveling kind of impacts songwriters a bit. I think some of my earliest songs were about the move from um, Sudbury to Guelph. And just because I kind of struggled with it, I think for like the first two years of living in Guelph, I mean, Sudbury's Northern Ontario, you have lakes everywhere. It's a different culture than Southern Ontario is. So I think it was definitely a shift for me personally. And I was like six or I would, I would have been seven when we moved. So I was still pretty young and I didn't know how to process it. Um, so I did write quite a few songs about it. And um, I had a very great childhood. I mean, my parents put me in all the sports, all the after school activities, just kind of testing out what I was good at. And I can't, I come from a very athletic family. My parents are both athletes um, and both were professional athletes. So of course they put me in every sport. I sucked. I have no hand-eye coordination. I was awful. And that was a surprise to everybody who knew my parents. But the one thing that I really loved was they put me in piano lessons and vocal lessons. And I had loved that for so long. And um, once I learned how to play chords on the piano, I could put my songs that I used to just sing a cappella to the chords. And my parents were very supportive of that, even though I wasn't um, all that great at sports. Uh, I stayed in basketball because I was tall. And then when I wanted to quit basketball, that was fine. And then I focused all in on music. Um, yeah, and again, I think that's kind of another uh, constant thing that seems to be, I mean, I love sports. Um, I played them, but I wasn't great at them either. I mean, hockey is probably my best, but, um, you know, I think the music thing was the thing that, that grabbed me too, and we tend to gravitate towards that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting with the move. I mean, those are some pretty extreme moves from Thunder Bay, Sudbury, and then Turks and Caicos. <laughs> um, you know, we'd done similar stuff. We'd been out west and you have the mountains and the ocean and we'd gone through Thunder Bay and, and Sudbury on the way out. And then we came back and settled in Guelph as well. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a culture shock for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so now were your parents musical as well? Um, my mom was musical. She used to, well, she has four sisters. So it's the five of them. And they, um, used to sing at like weddings and they're from Godridge and like a uh, farm right by Godridge. So they kind of did like all of the weddings in the area. They sang at the church services, all of that. So I think I get a lot of my musical abilities from her and um, that side of the family, but then also my dad's side of the family, um, they all took music growing up and my dad can hold a tune and all of his like uncles and aunts and stuff. At, he says that like all the family gatherings, they would like bring out the instruments and all sing together. So I think um, the musical influence comes more from my mom's side. And she's the one who, um, she also did piano lessons when she was five. That's when I started. And I think that was kind of a tradition that she wanted to carry on with all of her kids. Um, little did she know we'd take such a shining to it, so. 
That's great. So you were definitely interested in music right away and it, it, you really felt something. And how old were you? You said you started kind of putting those songs together. I mean, how old were you when you were doing that? Um, I think I wrote my first song when I was six. I have it somewhere still just written down on a piece of paper. Um, and then I started putting my songs to music when I was nine. Okay. Well, do you have any of those early recordings still? Yeah, I do. My dad um, was really great about recording everything, especially because I'm the oldest. So when you're the oldest child, I feel like everything you do gets recorded and documented. Okay. Um, and I have all these recordings of me like standing on the coffee table, like singing my songs, singing a lot of ABBA, that type of thing. Um, Irish Lullabies, the first song I ever performed live at my school talent show when I was in JK or four. Um, and I have, I, th I think my first song was about um, this place that I imagined called Lollipop Land. And a few others were like one that I wrote about my dog passing away. That was a dark mm. one. And then another one was called Tornadoes in Sudbury uh, that I wrote when I was like six because I went through a little phase while living there of not liking it. And I wanted to move back to Turks and Caicos. So I wrote a song about tornadoes destroying the whole city. Uh, and that was about it. <laughs> That's kind of dark too. <clears throat> now, did you actually experience tornadoes in that area? Was it? Not Never. So <laughs> I don't know why that was such a, I think like, I feel like Backyardigans, the, the TV show on Treehouse, which is like yeah. a kid's channel. I think they did like an episode about tornadoes and tornadoes and quicksand and rabies became my three biggest concerns in life. Um, so they occupied a lot of my thoughts and I guess I just thought that a tornado happens and there you go, the city's done, we're moving back to Turks and Caicos. Yeah. 
That Was Dangerous by McKellen Hay. Well, yeah, it's funny how you manifest these kind of fantasies in order to kind of, you know, play out the life that you really want to have. And uh, so now when yeah. did you discover you could actually sing? Was it around the same time? Like, were you singing, you were singing these songs out as well and, and, and acting them out and, and playing piano? And so it was mm -hmm. kind of, you're, you're already a triple threat. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, my aunt uh, in Sudbury, she had a little microphone that just attached to um, a laptop. And I think she got that when I was four and I loved it. I always sang into her laptop. She still has all of the recordings, just whatever songs I knew, even if I only knew some of the words, I'd start singing them into the microphone. And I think around that time, I told everyone that I was going to be a singer when I'm older. And they're all like, okay, well, um, and I think my parents picked up on the fact that like I could pull the tune um, pretty young, just instinctually. So they were like, oh, that's cool. She's not awful. Um, and then I came home from school one day and I told them that I was going to be singing in the talent show. And they were like, oh, OK, so we, we should go to that then. And then from there, it just never stopped. They never grew out of my rock star phase. So good for you. Hopefully you never will. Now, do you define yourself more as a singer or a songwriter, musician or all three? Is it kind of a package deal with you or is there one that's that you're more passionate about um i'd say i uh definitely associate with singer songwriter over musician just because um i mean there are so many amazing musicians um and my focus is more on the singing and songwriting aspect i think songwriting songwriting's always been something that i've done and will always do forever but i feel like um singing and songwriting are kind of a package deal for me even though I love writing for other people as well um I just have always loved both of them so I definitely consider myself um more of a singer songwriter or an artist right great now what's your process like are you one of those songwriters who's writing every day writing ideas down wherever they come to you voice notes I mean back in my day it used to be you know on the back of a, a matchbox or a piece of paper whatever we could find now we have the phones and I find I'm, I'm filling up voice notes constantly every day with mm -hmm. ideas and yeah I'm a very melody driven writer and I've always been that way um so actually one of my best things for songwriting is picking up the guitar because I only played piano for so so many years. I think I picked up the guitar for the first time um, a year and a half or two years ago now. And that's made songwriting so much more accessible to me because uh, it's not like I can, I mean, I don't have a keyboard in my room and I get a lot of my ideas late at night. So I would just uh, voice memo it. My voice memos are the most disorganized thing ever. Um, but a lot of my inspiration strikes, if I'll hear like a random phrase or an idea, I'll write down that phrase and then I'll go and start thinking of a melody. And then the words come after I have like a bass set for the melody or simultaneously with the music. Right. Now, do you tend to write more linear sort of start to finish or do you kind of start with a chorus and work back or does it really just depend on what that idea is and you flush out that idea and then you can decide if that's a verse or a pre-chorus or a chorus? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, and I'd say actually most of the time for me, I like to start with a chorus just so that I can get the general idea of the song and then build around that but then it's always subject to change later on in the writing process um and I've been kind of challenging myself lately with not writing as structured of songs um and sometimes there's not even that much of a chorus sometimes the chorus will just simply be like one line and then uh that gets repeated throughout the song 
type of thing. So I'd say I almost always start with uh, the chorus, but if it's not the chorus, it's always verse one. Um, I rarely swap verse two for one unless I'm like getting really stuck and having second verse syndrome and right. having to uh, start from scratch there. Nice. And do you, do you prefer writing on your own or do you really enjoy the collaborations? I love collaborations. Um, my guitar teacher, James Linderman, and I, we've kind of stopped doing guitar lessons and instead we do songwriting sessions, basically. Right. So in my guitar lessons, every single, every week on Monday, um, we'll write a song. And the guitar lesson aspect of that is if I hear a chord that I can't play, he teaches it to me. But um, I love collaborating because I feel like you can always work better with another person to find out ideas that you didn't you wouldn't have thought of or especially if you're stuck co-writing is amazing because it's a new perspective a new fresh set of ears and also just somebody that might have a different writing style than you but I also love starting my songs on my own um a lot of the time so I'd say I'm about 50 50 I, I really love both right now how are you I mean I think when you're collaborating, you really got to be able to let things go a bit. So you think something's a really great idea. And I guess it's, it's, it's both. It's knowing when they really fight for that idea. And sometimes it's knowing to say, you know what, let's let that one go because your idea is a better idea. Do you struggle with that? Um, yeah, I think that's something that everybody who co-writes kind of has to face like all the time, because sometimes um, I've had it where I really don't love an idea and my co-writer's really adamant about it and then we end up going with it and then I like it after the fact but I've also had it where I like and I and I feel like a lot of the times with my co-writers um there's this thing where like instead of being like I don't like that idea it's or how about this so I like right. to when I'm co-writing with someone I don't want to shut down an idea unless I have one that I think is better um or well more well suited for the song so I never want to be just like I don't like that idea if I don't have another option um, but I think that's something that every co-writer has to face quite a bit throughout um, all of their songs because you know you're working with another person and the song is like a child and you want it to be its best um, so I feel like sometimes I can get protective of my ideas but it's all about being open to compromise and open to new ideas right yeah, I agree. I mean, and it's interesting. I have somebody I, I write with, uh, her and I write quite a bit together, um, but there'll always be that moment sort of where she might like a different line or I might like a different line. And what we've found is sometimes we'll, we'll go with whatever the, you know, the collaborative thing is, and then she might go back and change it and do her version. I might go back and change it and do my version. And they're pretty similar, but there's just certain kind of phrasings or lines. And, and I think that's the beauty of it because you know, as Neil Young said, a, any recording or whatever is not the definitive version. It's just that point in time of that song. So, you know, there's always, they're always open in interpretation. And as you do cover tunes, you understand that obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, I find it's a very inspiring process, but certainly you've got to be open. And, um, and I found that I've learned a lot from other people as well along the way. <laughs> We were lovers without names Burning up like flames again 
Have they gone to waste? You are like the ocean pulled out by Jesus. Circles by Michaelin Hay, featuring Cena, written by Michaelin Hay, Ian Smith, and Renee Lemieux. Is there a particular song, you know, for you that you heard, and that's one that just inspired you to start writing songs, or just inspired you to kind of be a better songwriter? And that's, you know, that's what I want to be. Yeah, I would say um, I started writing songs like not as a conscious thing. I didn't really know I was doing it. I just started. Um, because I was very young so I never really realized what I was doing but I think the first time inspiration really struck me hard um, where I started taking it more seriously was later on I would have been maybe 11 at this point and I came across Marina um, who was then known as Marina and the Diamonds and she's a Welsh um, singer-songwriter and her album Teen Idol or no her album Electra Heart I heard it and I fell in love with it. And I 
um, think that really inspired a lot of my earlier originals that I started taking more seriously. I really liked her songwriting style. Um, that album was a concept album. It was based around a persona and um, it just really caught my attention. I really liked the persona and I liked the descriptive writing. I mean, the album was like all about teen angst and I wasn't even a teenager yet. So I don't really know how I understood it um, at the time or how I may have interpreted it, but I loved that album. I probably know every single word to every single song. And that was one that really got me taking it more seriously. And a lot of her music inspired my earlier music along with Coldplay because we always had Coldplay playing in the house when I was growing up. Yeah, I was going to ask you about what other artists inspired you as well. I mean, Coldplay is certainly one that comes up a lot. So um, is, is there a particular genre that you define your music in, or do you find you're kind of cross genres and it's really just more about a song and, you know, the genre gets, I guess, sort of decided afterwards? Mm-hmm. It's um, definitely a bit blurry with me, I think, especially because I started like putting out music when I was so young. Um, as I like grew up, it changed. And I thought I knew who I was when I was like 11. And now I'm looking back on that. And I'm like, that was not at all right. And then I'm 19 now. And in five years, I'm going to look back at how I am now and be like, okay, you're a baby. But um, so it's just, it's always been very fluid with me. I mean, I've always just written um what I felt inspired by especially with like chord progressions and stuff um and all of that but I'd say now as a songwriter um I like writing in any genres but as an artist for what I put out myself I want to focus more on the indie pop genre um but I still love writing in every single genre and I did EDM for for a few years but the interesting thing with that was I wrote those songs with just my piano or with my friend Chris um and they always were just like pop songs and then they were taken and turned into EDM songs and then released there so I'm kind of taking a step back from that now but of course I still love top lining and all of that so it's a little bit of like a melting pot of genres um I mean I'm pretty sure like if you look back at all my older stuff like I was doing like adult contemporary for a while um it's it's a whole melting pot yeah, and I think that's the beauty of indie artists and, and the sort of the DIY world that we're living in right now. I mean, you can you can be your own publishing company and your own record company, and, and you really don't need somebody to sort of dictate to you. But ultimately, I mean, to get the music out there, are you seeking out a, a music deal? Is that sort of your end goal? Or are you just content to kind of be an indie artist and, and keep working with people and get as far as you can that way? Um, I, I really love being an indie artist because of the creative control I have. Um, I was offered a deal not too long ago and it was like the most awful, horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it was not a good deal period, but that kind of really put it in perspective that even if you get offered a deal, that does not mean you should take it because I was, if I had signed that, I would have signed away the next 10 years of my life and probably my love of music like it would have been bad. So um, I just feel like for me, of course, I'd love to land a deal at some point. And I think I, right now I'm focusing on doing what I could, what I, what a label would do for me, but I'm trying to learn it all myself. So I'm trying to learn about the business side, um, designing my own merch. My good friend, Chris Gray, he is also an artist and he's been really great about like 
making his own merch designs. And so I think I'm going to pick up a few tips from him and like all of that type of thing. Um, and I definitely want to focus more on kind of rebranding myself away from the EDM side of things and towards the indie pop music that I would like to release. Um, but I think a label or like a deal would be nice at some point. Um, but right now I'm really focused on just developing myself as best as I can so that I can be really well equipped if that opportunity ever comes along. And I have the choice to like walk away from it if I feel like I shouldn't take it and not just be like, yes, I, I need it right now, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I listened to an interview recently with Ryan Tedder and he talked about how he's never given away his publishing. His deal's actually just an admin deal. Um, mm -hmm. And he was kind of lucky, I mean, because he had a couple of really big hits before and he had turned down some initial deals as well and I think probably thinking same as you that you know these people get excited about signing a deal but when you really look at some of the deals maybe not such a great idea um, and I think it, it's got to be time and place for sure so so what what other artists are inspiring you these days um right now I'm listening to so many different genres it changes all the time um I'm listening to a lot of Lennon Stella I think she's amazing uh she's a great writer i'm listening to a lot of taylor swift i love her new albums um she's been releasing some great music and then some smaller artists like between friends um the one good thing about the spotify algorithm is it shows me new artists that i end up really really liking um chase atlantic i've been listening to a lot of so it always changes because i listen to quite a few genres like my Spotify playlist that I just put on in the car is like the most confusing thing to anybody who like sits in the car with me and doesn't know me because they'd be like, what do you like? Like, why do you like like everything, you know? So um, I'm always finding like inspiration from other artists. There's so many talented people out there. I think that's great. I mean, I've always been the same way and I think it opens you up to more opportunities um, you know, for collaborations and getting your songs out there, if you can write in different styles and different genres. But I think it gives you more tools, even if you're just writing in a specific genre, to have those exposures to different chord progressions and, and different melody lines and the freedom to kind of write about things that maybe you didn't know that you had permission to write about uh, when you hear other people singing who are, are you know, uh, more liberated. But yeah, the algorithms, it's crazy the things that end up my spot list or spot uh, Spotify playlist and I kind of, wow, that's great. I mean, um, or just other artists and bands. I mean, even within our conversation, um, you know, there's going to be people coming up. I'm like, oh, geez, I have to I have to look into that person. I've never actually listened to him before. Um, and, and back in my day, I mean, it was the same thing. It wasn't just classic rock. I mean, I was listening to blues and jazz and influenced by stuff my parents listened to. And my friends were the same way. They listened to kind of one specific type of music i mean it might have been def leppard might have been the band of the year that year and and i'm listening to you know janice joplin and yeah. waters and everything else and they're going man I, I don't get it in country music so um fantastic uh and then so recordings now currently you've got how many songs how many original songs recorded i've um recorded and released oh god there's gotta be like i think um over like 20 but songs written in general there's like hundreds at this point and then a lot of my stuff my earlier stuff I mean I had a full album out that was taken off Spotify just because um I had two Spotify channels it was the most confusing thing ever had two Spotify's one for the stuff that I was like releasing on my own and then one for the EDM stuff and then it got too confusing so then we took down the stuff that I had earlier 
Um, so that channel's gone now, but now that I think about it, an accurate number would probably be like between 50 and 60 songs like recorded and put out. And now some of them you can't find anymore um, just because I've taken them down. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. I stopped counting at this point. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, w I was out looking, I think when we first sort of connected as friends and I started being aware of you, um, and I thought, and I'm not sure when you took the Spotify down, but I thought there was more stuff I was out there today and I only saw the, you know, the, the more recent or the one song, but so are you gearing up for a full length album again at some point? Um, mm -hmm. I think my next um, goal is another EP. Um, just because I want to have like more of a concept album, um, kind of inspired by actually Electra Heart by uh, Marina and the Diamonds. I really love that album. Um, but I think my next release is going to be an EP that's all like indie pop genre, which is definitely a contrast from the EDM that is also on that Spotify. There was something in your eyes when click Saw you standing in the back room with your tattoos And I knew I should have turned away You were about to give my world a shake And I never really felt this way These people don't do much for me you got something a little extra Normally I don't, but I think I let you Get to know me Maybe hold me If you're lucky Yeah The pressure's getting stronger The room is getting hotter Your hands, they grip my collar Gripping on my collar and you're stopping me from leaving The pressure's getting stronger Getting harder, your hands they grip my collar, gripping on my collar, and you're stopping me from leaving. Let's keep it secret, you and me. Treading the deep end dangerously. Let's keep it secret, you and me. Treading the deep end dangerously. Every step now, in my head now And you know that I won't shut you down Cause I like how this is turning out Yeah, you know me You can hold me If you're lucky Yeah uh -huh. The pressure's getting stronger The room is getting hotter Your hands, they grip my collar Gripping up my collar And you're stopping me from leaving Pressure's getting stronger The room is getting hotter Your hands, they grip my collar Gripping on my collar and you're stopping me from
All right, that was Deep End by Michaelin Hay, co-written by Michaelin Hay and Ian Smith. So what about schooling and education? You're currently in university, college? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently at Western University studying popular music studies. Right. I think I saw something you had posted. You had been quarantined in your, in your dorm. You had contracted uh, COVID this year. Yeah, so I did. It was, it, I like literally made it just, I was on campus. So I lived in a residence building with like, I don't know, like a couple hundred other people. And somehow nobody got COVID in our whole building until the very last, it was March 29th and I got COVID that day. <laughs> it was awful. And how long did you suffer through that? And did, did it have any lasting effects on your voice? Um, thank God, no, it didn't. Um, I actually, so in residence, you're encouraged to have like a small bubble and that's just who you spend all your time with. And so we did have that small bubble um, but somebody in the bubble got COVID and then obviously the rest of us all got it after that very fast. And um, Western sent us to a COVID hotel where I, I went and got tested the day after finding out that one of my friends tested positive. Um, and then the next day they called me and told me to pack my bags and I went to the COVID hotel. I brought my guitar. Um, my dad ended up bringing me a mini keyboard, which was nice. And I had to stay in that hotel for uh two weeks luckily out of all my friends I feel really bad for them but somehow I ended up getting off the best in terms of effects of it but it is still like every day I was like I really it was weird in that it was very up and down so like for 10 minutes I'd be like I feel totally fine and then the next 10 minutes I'd be like I'm not totally fine at all but um a thing that I think really affected me the most was I had a lot of brain fog and concentration issues so I started about 50 songs and I get like one verse and that's it and I could not bring myself to write any more than that um but for my voice luckily I didn't have any lasting effects I mean I my vocal coach is incredible and she's taught me how to sing with proper technique and avoid vocal damage at any cost she's taught me how to cough with proper technique so even though I had COVID and I was coughing, I was very conscious of not hurting my voice. And another thing is I was in a room alone by myself for two weeks. So I didn't talk to anyone really except for on calls or on FaceTime. So I think it was almost like a period of vocal rest. And then um, within two or three vocal lessons after having COVID, um, my voice is now completely back to normal. There was a bit of scratchiness, but that was all. That's great. I didn't know there's a proper way to cough. Maybe I need to learn that. <laughs> yeah, there's a way that doesn't hurt your vocal cords as like clearing your throat type of thing isn't the greatest for your vocal cords when you do right. it too much. So I was just trying to be conscious of not like drying out my vocal cords, drinking a lot of water, all of that. Fantastic. All right. And then so you're sorry, you said you're in your first year there. Mm -hmm. All right. So you got three more years and then then you're out and taking the world by storm and are you taking music there as well yeah so my program is uh through the music faculty it's not classical music because i could not do that honestly it is too much for me i would not be able to balance having a career and doing classical music just because some of the things in classical music i'm awful at like theory i've been doing piano since i was five but i am i i needed so much help this year in my theory classes so my course is more geared towards um, musicians that want to have a career in the arts, not as like a classical musician or a teacher or a professor, but towards 
people who want to be working musicians. So I'm learning about like the history of the pop music uh, industry. Intro to jazz is one that I'm taking next year that I'm really excited about. Um, desktop music, making your like marketing and that type of thing. Right. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. So was there ever, I mean, was there a defining point where you said, I want to do music full time or was it just kind of always assumed? I mean, or did you not really even kind of think about it until you got to an age where you had to make those kind of decisions? I think it was always assumed. Um, I mean, I said it when I was four and then I stuck with it and I started investing more and more as I got older and could invest more. Um, so I think it was never like a time where I was like, I need to pick between this and this. Uh, when I was applying for universities, there was also like the thought of not going to university, but I did want to get um, an education in music specifically. So I, I went through with that. I think the only non-music courses, I did apply for like two um, political science programs, but I knew, like I just applied to them to see if I'd get in because I knew I was going to end up doing music anyway. So I was like, why would I invest all of this time, all this effort, all this money? And also I'd be sad if I did anything else and then go take um, political science when I could be taking music. So that it was an easy decision at the end of the day. Very good. Now you talked about some of your living room performances. When did you do your first public appearance, your first public performance? Was that solo? Um, was that with a band? Yeah, my first ever time on stage was when I was like four, um, but it was not with, it wasn't anything serious. And then my first actual performance that like um, was something of substance and not just a talent show. I was 11. It was an outdoor gig, um, had a stage set up. It was me and my keyboard. And it's it's been me and my keyboard for quite some time. Um, I only more recently started adding people. And um, my friend Chris and I will sometimes do like electronic aspects adding to the show. So me on keyboard and then him with his like drum machine in the background. I don't know how any of it works, but um, that type of thing. And I've done a few shows with a live band. Right. So ultimately, are you, would you like performing full-time with a band or would you want to be sort of an acoustic artist on stage? What, what's the most comfortable for you? I would love to have a band. Um, I think bands are amazing. My favorite concerts I've ever been to have been bands. Um, so either a band would be nice or um, I went to see this group called Laney and their opening artist was, um, I think they're a Swedish band called Dagny. And it was the main girl she was the main singer and she had her synth and then she had a bass guitar player and a guy on a drum machine so it wasn't like a full band um and it was like electronic still but I thought it was so cool and I think I'd love to do that kind of performance as well and Lennon Stella is another person who had that type of setup on stage and I think that that is where I see myself um in a few years right so you've got a very mature voice I mean is is that sort of a natural thing or is that really driven by some of the influences and, and artists that you've listened to or how did you come about that vocal style I mean um, I, you certainly don't sound just 19 when you're singing I'm not sure what 19 is necessarily supposed to sound like but I mean you sound like somebody much older than than your age would say thank you um I think a lot of it was influenced by the musicians that I listened to growing up I mean um Marina is one that I've mentioned like so many times, but she honestly is one of the biggest musical influences for me. Um, Lady Gaga is another big one um, for my vocal style, I think. And then also my vocal coach, Melanie, just 
drilling in like I did learn classical voice even though I hated it and she made sure that I learned proper technique and had very steady vocal development like throughout my years of doing vocal training because like there are a few um I think especially in girls like my little sister has it right now like when you're in like grade eight your voice kind of changes a bit and it's easy to hurt your voice um when that's happening and so I think just being very aware of my tone and having proper technique and being classically trained, I think affects it. And then musical influences as well. Right. So what, what's the, what was a pivotal concert? I mean, you mentioned this group that um, the electronic group, but what was sort of the defining, was there a concert where you just went, wow, I mean, this is, this is definitely where I want to be and how I see myself. Yes, I had, I, I'm lucky. I, have been to a concert every year with an exception of the last two years um because of covid but i started going to concerts regularly my first one was when i was in grade five and i um my first time that i was like this is totally what i want was at a lights concert she's um an artist from hamilton and it was so cool it was like general admission and then my most like my favorite concert i've ever been to to the state was a band called Bad Sons. And even though um, I don't make the same type of music that they do, the environment was just unreal. It was amazing. It was at the Velvet Underground in Toronto. So it's like a smaller venue, but uh, it was general admission. They came out into the like crowd, stepped on my best friend's toe. It was the coolest concert I've ever been to. And I kind of had a moment when I was standing there, like I wanna provide this experience to somebody like how I'm feeling right now, that is what I want to provide to someone someday. Very cool. So probably want to stay in more intimate venues. I mean, when you become a huge success, uh, you know, do you see yourself doing arena shows or do you want to kind of keep the small venues? I know I was reading an article with uh, the band Lowest of the Low and they said they just never wanted to be at that point where they did, you know, thousand plus seat theaters, even though they had opportunities to play major venues, they never they never opted for that. They always preferred to play the smaller venues to be more in touch with the audience and more intimate shows. Yeah, I really feel like I'd want to do like mid-sized venues, um, like not as small as like the Velvet Underground, um, even though that would be amazing, but like some more mid-sized venues. And I'd rather do like more shows in one night at a smaller venue than one arena show uh, for one night, because I just feel like it'd be so cool like I just love as a listener I love the vibe of um like general admission smaller concerts um as somebody who goes to them and I've been to quite a few arena concerts but then I've also been to quite a few like general admission like at Echo Beach or just all the venues around Toronto and I find nine times out of ten the artist seems like they're having more fun um when it's GA and then it just seems like more of a close environment so of course I'd love to be at the point where I could choose to have an arena show one day and I think just as a bucket list thing I'd love to do that um but I think my I would just love touring doing like uh mid-sized venues I think that'd be amazing yeah I mean I, I agree some of my favorite shows have been in clubs or play, like Echo Beach was a great one where I saw the Alabama Shakes uh, when they first came around I mean it's just far far better and, and i agree the band is it really seems to be having a good time and i think at that level part of it is, is that too because the band's still hungry and they're still on their way up and they're really doing it because they love it mm -hmm. um and i think as bands get bigger and get 
more successful, sometimes they get jaded. So, you know, it's great seeing bands that never lose that edge, like maybe you too. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think always a challenge. And, and live music is really kind of the only way you can make money these days anyway. So, mm -hmm. um, so upcoming projects, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to promote? What's, uh, what's sort of the things on the immediate horizon and sort of over the next year? Yeah, so I have um, an upcoming release that's kind of in the works right now to follow up my release back in February. And that was the song, I Love You Too Much. And um, it's kind of the same vibe, same genre. It's called Blame. And um, we're planning the music video for right now. I love visuals. I'm a big visual person. So I'm really excited for that. So you can stay tuned. And right now I actually have a remix competition going on for my last single. Um, and I'm gonna be announcing the results in the next week or, or I guess by the time this is out, um, they'll have been just released. So that'll be getting promoted and that type of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for my next single and to have another release to kind of, um, cause right now it's kind of a one-off, like it's just like EDM, 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 indie pop. And I'm excited to keep building the indie pop side of it. Right. Yeah, and your videos are quite good. Now, who do you do your videos yourself, or do you have a, so who's doing your videos for you? Um, my friend and uh, co-writer Chris Graham, he or Chris Gray, he's um, the one who does all the videos. Uh, a lot of the artwork and stuff is all him. He's like, he's the type of guy that you're like, why are you good at everything? Like, if you weren't doing music, you could be like an award win or an award winning um, like photographer or like a videographer like he's insane he is the most multifaceted person I've ever met in my whole life and he's also one of my best friends so he co-wrote most of the songs that I have out right now and so we've kind of worked on all of those projects together that's great yeah Chris sounds like an amazing guy I might have to try to work with him myself I'm at that yes. point where I need to get some better videos than just my uh, homemade videos but uh, so any anybody you want to promote any other indie artists uh, who are you kind of following these days or who's new on your radar um right now I'm like just starting to grow I mean I just downloaded TikTok um which is like interesting because there's so many amazing artists on there. Like if you just look through the hashtag on singer songwriter on there, you can find so many amazing people, but other like local artists that I'm following is uh, Tragedy Anne. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. They're amazing. They're a folk duo. And then um, like I mentioned before, my good friend, Chris Gray, he has a release that'll just be out by the time um, you're hearing this. So go, the video is insane. You need to go watch it. It is the coolest he did it himself it's the it's so impressive um so yeah i'd say them for sure all right we'll keep an eye out for chris gray for sure mm -hmm. well, that's great um i think we're coming to the end of our our hour here so we normally wrap things up with um with a questionnaire that was originally um done by a, a, a french host named bernard pivo and then became adapted sort of by james lipton of the actor's studio so we've got 10 questions are you ready for this Yes. All right. What is your favorite word? Uh, astronomical. What is your least favorite word? Moist. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally? Um, a good chord progression and minor intervals. Uh, what turns you off? 
diminished chords in bad context. Ah, I was gonna say, I'm just really starting to get into the diminished and augmented chords, but yeah, in the wrong context, they do not work. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? The F word. Uh, what sound or noise do you love? Popping bubble wrap definitely is one of my favorite sounds and um, birds. I just like birds. Two of my son's favorite noises. Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? My sister's voice when she's yelling, my mom's voice when she's yelling, my dad's voice when they're yelling. And also, oh my God, this, ooh, hit, the nails on dry wood, not a fan of that, and screeching tires. Mm, no. uh, what profession other than, uh, than yours would you like to attempt? If I wasn't doing music, I'd be probably going into law. And what profession would you absolutely not like to do? I would rather live underground and never see another human again if I had to, like then be an astronaut. I would hate that. <laughs> and if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would like him to lead me straight away to my grandma and my old dog, Maggie. And I'd like to see if like they had good food honestly and make sure that everybody that i'm close to is there and that we go back to our favorite age that would be nice if we could pick an age to be at for eternal life wow i like it well now only being 19 at this point what is your favorite age so far this past year was one of my favorite years of my life so far um 2019 was also a really amazing year so I guess that would have been grade 11 for me because I got to travel a lot for music which was so great and I'd say like if any of my life was like made into a movie the most coming of age movie would be my grade 11 year or this past year very good well I really enjoy your your positive attitude and your energy it's very infectious and I, I really enjoyed this time talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better and I and I really look forward to what's next on the horizon and hearing more of your music and, and seeing you perform live hopefully when uh, when this lockdown ends so yeah i'm excited for it to all be over soon thank you so much for having me this was super fun all right i'm glad you enjoyed it mckill and hey thank you for being our guest this week on musicians faq have a great day thank you we're going to leave you with one more original song by mckill and the song is called collapse if you're interested in finding out more about McKillen, you can find her on mckillenmusic.com. You can also find her on Instagram and on Facebook, also on Spotify and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Join us next week on Musicians FAQ.
Hi, this is McKaylin Hay, and you're listening to Musicians FAQ on 102.7 CKMS Radio Waterloo. Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with great Canadian musical artists 